0: the reading is Psalm 21 on page 553. Psalm 21. The King rejoices in your strength, Lord. How great is his joy in the victories you give. You have granted him his heart's desire and have not withheld the requests of his lips. You came to greet him with rich blessings and placed a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked you for life and you gave it to him, length of days, forever and ever. Through the victories you gave, his glory is great. You have bestowed on him splendour and majesty. Surely you have granted him unending blessings And made him glad with the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. Through the unfailing love of the Most High he will not be shaken. Your hand will lay hold on all your enemies. Your right hand will seize your foes. When you appear for battle you will burn them up as in a blazing furnace. The Lord will swallow up. Swallow them up in his wrath and his fire will consume them. You will destroy their descendants from the earth, their posterity from mankind. Though they plot evil against you and devise wicked schemes, they cannot succeed. You will make them turn their backs when you aim at them with drawn bow. Be exalted in your strength, Lord. We will sing and praise your might.
1: Let's uh, bow our heads and I'll pray. Our Heavenly Father we pray that this might be a profitable exercise as we reflect on Psalm 21 uh, that might be helpful to us personally. Father as we come to the beginning of the new year uh, we pray that as we look back on the past we'll be able to say thank you very much for the way you've being kind and merciful to us. And as we look forward to the new one, we pray, O Father, that in Christ we will have a vision for doing things for you and we pray that we will continue at it, whatever the situation. So, Father, we pray for your mercy upon us now. We ask this for Christ's sake. Amen. Uh, one of the interesting things, I think, in being a Christian is that you come to, tend to come across, I think, very interesting people. Uh, when I was in Adelaide, uh, I came across this man called uh, Peter uh, who happened to be someone who wrote on time management. So, I thought, well, that would be a good man to meet, so I arranged to meet him and we went to the cafe and as soon as he sat down, he said, oh, well, how'd your day go yesterday? I said, oh, not too badly. He said, no, 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 no. I said, how's it really gone? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, ask me the question. So I said, well, Peter, how did your day go yesterday? He said, 68%. <laughs> I said, how did you arrive at that? And he said, well, what I do is I have a plan for the day and I give myself so many marks for that. Then I have the execution of the morning and I give myself so many marks for that. Then the execution of the afternoon and so many marks for that. And then at the end I review it all and give myself a mark overall uh, for that. Now I'm not too sure that too many of you probably plan ahead like that. But as we come to the end of a year... We do, some of us, I think, tend to sort of look back over the year. I know a couple, actually, who deliberately, uh, they, what they do is they have an evening meal uh, a couple of days before the end of the year, go through the diary last year, just pick out the highlights and then put that down and then look forward to the next year and then think about what the possibilities might be. Uh, they do that uh, each year and they make it a meal out and they talk about a whole range of stuff. Now, I think that that's probably not a bad idea to do if you're that way inclined. I think what we have before us here now in Psalm 21, something like that. I think that uh, David is in the situation where he's just reflecting on the past and he certainly does that in the first six verses and then he looks forward to the future and he does that uh, in the rest of the psalm and as he does both of those things uh, it seems like either it's some annual event maybe, I'm I'm guessing here because it just says a psalm of David at the top of the heading and then it says uh, to the musicians Uh, after that either that or it has been some very significant point in his life I suspect it's around the time of 2 Samuel chapter 7 Uh, so I've put those two together and see how I can work that out we have an occasion to assess life before God Uh, here is King David he's got the lyrics okay he's put the psalm down But then he's got uh, advice for those who are to put it to music. So presumably it's going to be a fairly well thought out thing and wants it not only for himself but also for his people. I suggest therefore what he's looking for is a praise for the peace that he has and their commitment to the future and I've got in brackets in my notes to build a temple because I'm linking it with 2 Samuel chapter 7. Well, let's have a look at, first of all, the King rejoices over the past. Verses 1 to 6. The King rejoices in your strength, Lord. How great is his joy, the victories you give. You have granted him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. You came to greet him with rich blessings and placed a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked for life and you gave it to him, length of days, forever and ever. Surely you have granted him unending blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord through the unfailing love of the Most High he will not be shaken. Well in verses 1 and 2 what he's doing is he's saying he's giving a general sort of thanksgiving to God. The Lord has uh, given him uh, this strength it's given him great joy he's had victories He's had his hearts to his eye, his prayers answered, his hope for the future of the nation has been set out and God has granted him all these sorts of things where I now take it that they are in a place of prosperity and in peace. If you want to do this you can keep your hand there and you can go to 2 Samuel but this is what he says in 2 Samuel 7, 1-10 after the king was settled in his palace so he's got himself under control and ordered the Lord has given him rest from his enemies round about him it's a time of peace and so at this point when all, as he looks back over a fairly satisfactory part of his life he now is looking forward and saying look here I am, living in a house of cedar. The ark of God, well, it remains in a tent. At that point of time in his reign, he had great victories. In fact, we have a summary of them around in the next chapter. He'd overcome the Philistines. He'd overcome Edom. he overcome Moab. Ammon, Amalek, Zobar. And he attributed those those triumphs not just to the might of his army and his own strategy and so forth, but primarily through prayer he attributed all to God. God has brought him to this place of peace and blessing. So he rejoices over the past. But then he'll become more specific. Uh, in verses 3 to 6, he then starts to list more specifically how God has blessed him and how he's seen those blessings on his life and how it's been good to do just that. Verse 3 he's given him his kingship. You came to greet him uh, with rich blessings. You placed a crown of pure gold on his head. At this particular time, all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and they said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military uh, campaigns. The Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people, Israel, you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. God had blessed him with this kingship, and he was quick to recognise that it was because of his blessing. It also promised a long life. He promised to give him length of days, he says in verse 4, for ever and ever. He'd give him a dynasty. Not just him would be king, but his children, his sons, would be kings after him. We read in 2 Samuel 5 that David was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned for 40 years. So he's a good 70, if as it were, uh, by the time he'd finished. And that's not a bad age, you know, 70 to 80 or something like that, they reckon is the decade, or the Bible says that's the decade anyway. So so it's been a long life. And because he's had that long time, there's been stability, there's been blessing to the nation. I think one of the great things about uh, the Queen living so long is she's such a fine person and just brings stability to people. You can trust that if you're going to be honest, you can trust. Uh, that, you know, she has high moral stance and so on and so on and so on. And while ever she's around, I think there's a certain amount of safety there. Well, certainly King David had been around a long time and it had been stable. But it wasn't just that. God had also, through the prophet Nathan, promised him that he would build him a family, an ancestry, a dynasty, a house. It was David's thought that he would build a house, but this is the Lord's thought. The Lord declares to you, uh, David, that the Lord Himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and when you rest with your ancestors, I'll raise up your children to succeed you, your own flesh and blood. I will establish His kingdom. He is the one, Solomon particularly, who will build a house for my name and will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So he's been promised, and God has given him a long life and dynasty. It also given him a reputation among the kings in verse 5. Through the victories you gave, the king's glory is great. You, O God, have bestowed on him splendour and majesty. We read really in 1 Kings, at the end of his reign, that David had rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. He'd reigned 40 years over Israel, 7 years in Hebron, 33 in Jerusalem. So when Solomon sat on the throne of his father, his rule, everything was firmly established. So there'd been that blessing. And in the midst of all of that, what we find is a king who was very thankful to God. He had joy in God's presence. Surely, verse 6, you've granted him unending blessings and you've made him glad with joy at your presence. He thanked God, he rejoiced in God for the blessings that God has given him. And there was a security about it all and he thanked God for that. The king trusts in the Lord Through the unfailing love of the Most High he will not be shaken. Well, I think that it's the sort of thing that is a really helpful thing to do at the end of a year. Just reflect on how things have gone through the year. During the time you may have thought to yourself, boy, there are a few difficult spots here and there, but somehow or other God has brought you through them. And certainly that was the case with David. There were certainly difficulties in times of battle. It was almost loss of life and so on. However, as he looked back, he could say, yes, God has brought me through these times. I suggest that this year, if you haven't done it even, you might even think of a personal sort of review. Just look back over the year, how it's gone, how God has blessed you. Remind yourself of the times that have been hard and tough or and of the good times, but to just reflect upon all of that and feel secure. If you are God's, then you are secure in him. All is well uh, with you. Maybe it's the sort of situation where you do the same with family. That particular couple that I was talking to you about, they do that with each of their children and they think through where they are at and where they're established and what they're up to and so on. Uh, And then... Maybe if you're in terms of ministry, you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, how has God allowed me to be ministering during this last year? The possibilities that I've had uh, now, how he's brought me through those, uh, that sort of thing. Maybe a job situation. uh, Maybe it's been tough this year. A lot of folk have found it very tough. Has God looked after you during that time? Can you rejoice in him? Anyway, certainly... There were those rejoicings over the victories that God had given him. There was a time just for stopping and reflecting. I think it's interesting when you read the apostle about the Apostle Paul's life that he was obviously an incredible energy for those first years until finally he'd gotten together the collection. He'd come to the end of it where he said, I preach the gospel right round from Illyricum to Jerusalem. I've done that now. Here is a time now just for reflecting on the future. What's next? As he thought and think about God and went to Jerusalem uh, to offer, as it were, the Gentiles and money from the Gentile churches as a sign of thanksgiving for what God had done through his ministry to this time. Well, maybe this is the time to look at it. Maybe you're at a time in your life where there needs to be just rethinking of where you're at, what's going on, uh, what new things are up, you're up to. Maybe it's a time that you do at the end of a year. Anyway, I encourage you to think like that. Now that's the first time. He looks back. The next thing he does is he anticipates a good future in uh, verses 8 through to Verse 13. Let me read that. Your hand, and you here is, is uh, the king, uh, as the people say, your hand, king, will lay hold on all your enemies. He's looking to the future now. Your right hand will seize your foes. When you appear for battle, you'll burn them up as in a blazing furnace. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath and his fire will consume them. You will destroy their descendants, not only the present enemies, but you'll stop uh, the the future generations coming back uh, from the earth, their posterity from mankind. Though they plot evil against you, although they devise wicked schemes, they cannot succeed. You, O king, will turn their backs. You will aim at them with the drawn bow. Be exalted in your strength uh, as the people finish up. O Lord, because it's all in your hands, even though we address this to the King, we will sing and praise your might. You are the one who will do it all. Now, as you look to the future, uh, what, what is there, do you think, might be in store for you this year? This coming future, what sort of things are you going to attempt? Some big things that you might find a bit uh, overwhelming, uh, and you might think, "Oh, maybe that's aiming too high." Uh, are you going? Are there issues that you know you'll have to deal with this year? Are there family things that might have to come up? Uh, It may be that you're getting frailer and you're starting to think, well, maybe this is the year that I will depart and be with the Lord. How am I going to go through that? Well, as you look to the future, there's no doubt about it. For this king, for this David, he does it with confidence. No matter who the enemies are, they're going to be overthrown. Uh, No matter who the enemies are and their descendants are, uh, they're going to win. Well, verses 8 and 9, there is further victory expe- expected. Uh, he will expect it to be over all his enemies and thoroughly over all his enemies. I mean, the, the language is very strong. Uh, burn them up as in a blazing furnace. Swallow them up and it's in wrath. So certainly he's, uh, he's thinking that God will give him the victory uh, that's, and and not just the immediate one but into the future so there will be blessing. Now if I have uh, chosen 2 Samuel 7 correctly and it is an if, if I have chosen that It's really interesting. He will have uh, more armies to fight, more victories to fight. However, what doesn't happen is he doesn't see that within there is a problem. He doesn't anticipate that his son Adonijah, he doesn't anticipate that he will actually be an issue that he will come because as the bible said he's been spoiled in his youth in his youth and the king never said anything to him but just let him keep on going and now he's reaping the benefits of it and then there's also the other son Absalom who uh, tries uh, to take over the kingdom a rebel and actually has his king on the run for a while and then David will come back and get his kingdom. So that as there was this confidence in the Lord, he could look back in the past how the victories had come and then into the future with confidence that he will have victory again, there within the ranks himself where're really, probably in both cases, there had been this difficulty in the family itself. And to do with all of that, there were court intrigues and this could be traced back to the time when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and then the murder of her husband. And out of that, Solomon was promised but these other boys were also then Jealous uh, for this position of coming uh, in king. So, if it's going to be a time now of sitting and thinking, future, thinking and sitting, envisioning what might happen, what might be possible uh, in this future, confidence in God, well, as you do that, make sure that you're looking to make sure also that you don't fool yourself and that there aren't things that you've done in the past that are inevitable that will come upon you into the present future. So I've made that point but an enemy was within, where there had been failure in himself. However, having despite all of that, he will finish with verse 13 you be exalted in your strength Lord we will sing of your praise we will sing of your might even in the midst of all of these difficulties we will pray for God to glorify himself and for us to praise him in his might let the Lord ever increase in power we will praise your power Well, as we look forward to the new year, uh, obviously, uh, my having preached the sermon, (laughs) I certainly have tried to work out a few things that I really would like to accomplish this year. And some of them are a bit big. I think they're a bit overwhelming. Maybe it's all too much. Maybe I can't do it. Well, there is a certain confidence here that this this king looks forward to God for his strength. But the blind spot for him was that he'd forgotten about this particular, well, bad sin. He confesses in Psalm 51 and yes, there's forgiveness in it but the consequences will roll on and he's got to deal with that uh, in that uh, future to come. And it may be that as we look back there will be things that we have thought to ourselves, well, we really... Uh, should not have done that under God. We, yes, there's forgiveness in him, but there may be consequences to follow on. But that doesn't mean that you don't necessarily try to keep on going. Um, and I suppose, again, because of my particular interest in Paul, I suppose you could say, well, there are a few issues he had. Uh, that issue uh, with Barnabas wasn't a very happy one. The issue with Mark... He left him, he he wouldn't have him on the second missionary journey and thankfully to God, Mark we know was a great help to Paul at the end. Not sure where Barnabas was but there will be consequences but there is no need to lose heart in the God who has blessed you in the past. He'll bless you in the future, he won't give up on you and moreover it is about not not just a life in this world but beyond and into the world to come. So I'll I'll say a prayer and I'll just pray that as we think about the past, we can look at that and thank God for the good things he's given, us, even though there's been tough times. And I'll pray uh, that we might also then have confidence for the future, even though there may be things looming uh, that may be even because of our own fault. So let me pray now. Yes, thank you very Yeah, thanks. Great. Well, let's pray now, okay? Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the way that you have been kind to us over this past year. And as we look back, maybe there are things that have really tested us, really tested us. Our Father, we thank you for bringing us this far. May we feel security and peace in you and not only peace but also joy in your will which is being accomplished and you will never leave us and you'll never forsake us. We also pray, Heavenly Father, that as we look forward to this new year, uh, we pray that you will give us vision, that you will give us uh, things personally, family-wise to achieve uh, in Christ, and that we will uh, look to them, maybe they'll be big, maybe some of the things we've done in the past will hinder us from achieving them like we thought they might be achieved. But we pray, O Lord God, that again we'll trust ourselves to you and to your power and to your strength and to your uh, overruling so that in the midst of it all, your name will be glorified. So, Father, as we... Come to the end of the old year and embrace the new. Father, be with us, we pray, for Christ's sake. Amen.